Hi everyone, my name is Vanessa Valuco and welcome to Personal Pans. Conversations about belief, transformation, and all the weird things we experience. Today's guest is Amelia Cotter, a writer, storyteller, and poet. She's also a contributor to the Feminine Nicob, which is how we met. Um, I reached out to her because I thought we'd have a conversation about her writing and about ghosts, but we ended up having a much broader conversation about how we engage with the phenomenon, how we listen to experiencers, and just having empathy and compassion when you're dealing with all people, but especially people who have experienced strange phenomena. Um, this was a wonderful conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as well. I, I wore uh, an out. I normally don't wear like thematic outfits for my guests, Ooh, <laughs> but since I you like. like ghosts and have written about ghosts, Yay, I figured I would right. do something appropriate. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I guess for everyone um, who doesn't know who you are, if you could just do a little introduction. Um, I know you're a writer, but I, I, I think people want to hear more about what you do. Yeah, so I'm an author, poet, and storyteller. Um, I specialize primarily in the supernatural, so um, haunted history and ghost stories and people's true paranormal encounters. Um, I also do writing on other subjects, so um, poetry um, about um, trauma and healing, and I've written about history and uh, just a lot of different things, but sort of all of that kind of plays into what I do um, in the paranormal. Um, I have done some ghost investigating as well, but I'm not really a ghost hunter. I'm sure that will be etched into my tombstone, but like, that's not really how I identify myself. <laughs> you know? um, when people say ghost hunter, it's, they either think it's really cool or they are, you know, or they're like, oh, you're a ghost hunter. So um, I let, you know, if you think ghost hunting is cool, then yeah, I'm a ghost hunter. But, um, but yeah, so I sort of come from it, um, um, like, I, I want to say academic background, because that also sounds like more than what it is, but I just love stories and storytelling, and that's kind of who I am. I love that, and and also, so my background is in social science research. So I awesome. I care about the research side of all of these things. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. UFOs, ghosts. Um, one of my other uh, guests was Courtney Block, and you know she She's wrote a whole cool. book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she wrote a whole book about how you can do proper research with the paranormal. Um, yeah. And I think it is important, like even if you're not even if you're not necessarily doing that research on a scholarly level, like approaching it with a scholarly sensibility of like, okay, yeah. let's really look at what's going on here, both from a historical perspective and from a phenomenon perspective. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do feel like that's lacking sometimes. I don't think, like you said, you have to be an academic or you have to be somebody who's like scholar or really well like learned or anything to try and approach it from a couple of different areas. Like if you are going to um, look at something scientifically, then by all means, like use science, you know, if you're going to look at things historically, like approach it, try to, you know, yeah. uncover, try to learn some history. Uh, I worked at the Adler Planetarium here in Chicago for six years, oh, and it yeah. opened my eyes to a lot of the um, problematic areas of like UFO research. And I'm a big, I'm getting into, I'm just getting into like UFO stuff now. Oh, so I'm awesome. super jazzed about it. Um, but just coming from like just astronomy, like just start with astronomy 101 before you do anything else, right? So right. 
um, so yeah, and it's not, you don't have to be a genius to do it or anything. It's just like, um, it's just a good way to get yourself off on the right foot. And my thing with, um, as a storyteller, and I guess like folklorist would be where I would put myself mm -hmm. if I had to, um, would just, you know, like approaching these things from like a, a well-rounded perspective so that we're not doing damage to history and we're not doing damage to people by like overly caricaturizing historical figures and turning like people and places and things into these cartoons. And that's kind of the direction that the paranormal has headed in as like a popular phenomenon is like um, this, like making it like Disneyland, but like evil Disneyland. And so <laughs> yes. I, uh, it's, it's gotten, it's kind of run away with itself. And I think from the pop culture side of things, I think that's perfectly, it's kind of okay. Cause like you have to be able to separate the two, but then when you go, when you hit the ground running with, um, all of these, you know, paranormal investigators and people who are well-meaning, well-intentioned enthusiasts that are, you know, going to people's houses and stuff too, to 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 help them solve their ghostly problems. You know, they get they get their wires crossed on all that stuff. And it to me, it's um, this is really heady. But like, I feel like the I feel like COVID has taught us to like just look at things, just look at things more closely and how dangerous misinformation can actually be. Like, it's not, um, it's not necessarily just an innocent thing for us. It's not just fun for us to assume that like our, our homes are all infested with demons. Like that's a, that's a terror, that's a dangerous way for us to, yes. to, to go about thinking that everything um, is out to hurt us and get us all the time. And I feel like that sinks into people's psyches more so than, um, for a night out of like things that go bump in the night. Do you know what I'm like getting oh, at? A I, I'm loving this already because a hundred percent we are on the same page with all of this because like it, it's, it's so difficult. There's this kind of like love hate relationship with paranormal television. Cause on the one hand it, it, it reaches a broader audience, but on the other hand, like you said, if everything is, is, um, is contextualized as a demon, what does that do for the psyches of people who start experiencing weird things in their own homes? Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, so this makes for compelling television, but also you're kind of poisoning the well in terms of how we're actually interacting with this phenomenon. We don't ever get to figure out what this thing potentially could be because we're too busy um, trying to find a priest for an exorcism because we already assume that something is a demon. Yeah, and it's like, it's not... It, you know, and it's not just like the, that it's the general public, it's like people that are in the hobby or the field or whatever you want to call it that are um, disseminating that information and this, yeah, this idea that um, the paranormal is all one way or the other rather than just being open to the mystery and the coolness and the excitement of it all. Like paranormal is personal, it's subjective, it's a journey, it's religious, it's spiritual, it could be science. I'm actually not that into, I've gone, I've done like a complete 180, like in the last decade of like getting away from like the, like, let's make it science based and like um, scientific method kind of thing. And I'm like completely into the like, nah, man, that stuff is woo woo. Like, let's keep it there. Right. Like, it's <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, um, and you can have both too. Right. Like, mm -hmm. but just, you know, and not people who try to like overly police the, the whole, like, um, like Christian 
viewpoint around like the the paranormal I think and they're not even necessarily themselves like into the whole like Mm-hmm. Christian way of think like a, a Anglo-Saxon way of seeing everything but they still like they push that agenda and it's kind of um I feel like there's a shift in the world now because like people like you and like a lot of the people I've seen that are associated with like you know the feminine macabre which is how we met and like yes. all these other um, there's like a paradigm shift and younger people too that are getting into this are having all sorts of other crazy discussions like social media has brought up all sorts of interesting questions I never would have thought to ask. Um, and so I think we'll start to see those trends kind of kind of shifting in the next decade or so. That's my hope because I feel really lucky because I, you know, I kind of found this community and re- again through the pandemic, like found a whole bunch of people on Twitter and I was like, oh, you're all playful and fun and, and want to go exploring with all of this as opposed to like, no, this is what this is. Um, you know, besides, again, you were talking about just getting into UFOs. So you're probably also familiar with the people are like, it's nuts and bolts craft. Like we, right. we the, it's a huge government conspiracy and cover up as opposed to people just saying like, I don't know, we see lights in the sky. Like, what are the stories from people who are seeing things? Um, Let's, let's have, let's go exploring as opposed to that's, that's, you know, what I do, I try to stay in my lane, right? That's why the storyteller thing is a real safe place to be because it's like, I really am just interested in listening to like all the cool, weird things that people have to say. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I got really go ahead. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, and it's not just like arguing over pair unity and stuff like that. And people in the different communities are starting to talk to each other because it yeah. used to be that like Bigfoot and like cryptid people and UFO people like couldn't stand each other. And now people are starting to kind of talk and like connect. And even if it's all just our fantasies and our like human desire to like make things connect I still think it's really neat like I think all the ideas and things that people come up with are really cool yes yes I love this well again from that folklore perspective right from that anthropological perspective like the stories in and of themselves are important right if people across cultures across times across the planet have been talking about seeing lights in the sky or having certain mystical experiences that's relevant. Like we don't necessarily know what that means yet, but it's important data and it's important data to look at and ponder over because like that's significant. Lots of data is very significant. Right. And people always ask me, oh, sorry, are we going to say something? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just, I'll like keep talking. And you're the guest. I want you to just chat away. (laughs) Um, people always ask me like, do you believe in ghosts? And I'm like, oh, I'm glad you asked because I prepared a short presentation. Like here's my TED talk, right? But I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what ghosts are, but they must, but like the phenomenon must be real because all of these people have stories and it's really important to validate people's stories and experiences because like crazy things are happening to people, whether we think it sounds insane or not. Um, or whether it does actually turn out to be exactly what they say it was or something different, which we can't know because we weren't there. Um, like, like you were just saying, like there's consistency across time, across, uh, across cultures, you know, um, of all of these really interesting things happening to people. And 
part of the fun, I think, is just to keep pondering it. Like I really, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's also like in search of answers necessarily, but like more, like I don't mind finding like more and more like doors behind doors, um, but without getting into the like, the conspiracy territory of like the bigger, the bigger government like mind control stuff. And I have friends, I have friends that are, that lean left and lean right. And they all, there's like a point where the circle sort of like comes back and like meets, you're like, wow. Uh Um, Especially I found like within the, the UFO or even, not even that, but just like, well, yes, that, but like just things about like, how the world works like flat earthers and like stuff like that like just the idea of like the way our planet is shaped what it is inhabited by if we're alone like that kind of thing it seems to like bring it brings people together of all you know political affiliations but it gets into that again like that dangerous territory where once you start to think one thing you might be prone to thinking the next thing and then all of a sudden you're you know you're you're your nut, your nut job, but um, <laughs> yeah, you've gone down the rabbit hole too far. Yeah, like you've yeah. gone, to, yeah, you've gone too far. And yeah. um, it used to be, I would notice this was a, the discussion that years ago, um, before it was super like everywhere on social media where you had these networks of people talking to each other. The story, you know, around the campfire used to be that like people who spent too much time. Um, ghost hunting or investigating or would spend too much time in like one particular like paranormal locate or haunted location um, would start to kind of um, like trip out you know they would start to kind of fade away from their regular life their mental and emotional health would be affected mm-hmm. um, and you would sort of see people experience this kind of separation from reality which in itself was almost like supernatural like you know the obsession where the obsession would take them so those were the those were like the days of innocence but it's still but I feel like that's still happening and I feel like now um our this network of people that we have now to and pot and podcasts and all these things these resources that we have to go to make like are part of the problem and the solution right because like it's wonderful now that we have these new voices and voices that are being heard but um but yeah the other stuff too right so that I mean that's the beautiful thing it's like again because of the pandemic and and being isolated and then suddenly finding this incredible community on Twitter of people who just you know they want to play they want to know more they want to go exploring and they also have a certain amount of you know that playfulness is also coupled with a certain amount of critical thinking right so it's not it's like whatever experiences you have, you're not immediately um, putting it in a particular box or using it to build your own narrative about what you think things are. You're really just looking at, here's data, here's an experience. Okay, I don't know what this means, but I'm going to add it to the pile of other experiences and other people's experiences. And so I like to get to your other point too, there is this danger. And I see this both on the left and the right in terms of woo, right? I I consider myself very woo. And then I see some takes and I'm like, I am not, (laughs) I am not off the deep end as I thought. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, 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 it's dangerous because like what you're talking about, the internet itself can become this weird echo chamber feedback loop. So 
you know, you start reading about one conspiracy and then another conspiracy gets tacked on. And then you have all these other people who are suddenly bringing in all of this other information. And suddenly you are like not talking to your family anymore because you believe all of these incredibly outlandish conspiracies. I mean, there was a QAnon rally for the second coming of JFK recently, not JFK Jr. We've gone back a generation like, like th- this is like, yeah. but if you're all whipped up in that frenzy, because everybody believes it, I can see how people get led down those paths, but like, you have yeah. to. And yeah. You, you get led further towards what you're looking for. Like if you're yeah. out there looking yes. for that, you can find it. Right. So yeah. it is, it's interesting how that works. And I still, and people also ask me that too. They're like, how, how do you know if you hear a story that sounds like it's true versus something that is like out in the ozone, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, f- when it comes to the bucket, like big bucket, like paranormal stuff, like like things still like generally follow rules. Like mm-hmm. there's like a there's a spoken and like an unspoken set of rules to how like ghost encounters work or you know alien abductions even and and that's where I think you do hear some of the more outlandish stories um and even then those check out some of those really outlandish encounters do line up with the encounters of other people who have independently had something a freaking praying mantis or something that they've seen exactly (laughs) but um like it's like there are still rules it was funny I was at a convention this was a a couple years in a row actually where there was a kind of a creepy old man guy walking around that had a vibe and he was telling me um that he was an earth angel and this was like an excuse for him to stand there at my table for like 45 minutes and just rattle off his life story I saw him a couple of and and I was upset because he didn't buy a book I'm like listen (laughs) you're gonna stand here like make it either buy a book or stand to the side so that other people can buy books while you're talking thank you and people underestimate how important that is I'm still like I'm still a starving artist right like I'm here to like anyway so he would tell me these stories he told me several couple years in a row he had the same stories about like he rescued a little girl from like falling out of a shopping cart at a grocery store and these stories were so creepy they were so cringe if you would see this man in the street you would not let him anywhere near your child but his stories were the same and I was really annoyed with him I was really like sick and tired of, of listening to him talk and I was like you know my I brought my husband to one of them and I felt bad for him because he's, you know, he's just a innocent bystander in all of this. And I was like, oh my God, this guy that keeps telling me he's like an earth angel. And Jonathan was like, how do you know he's not? And I was like, man, that was, I don't actually, I was like, I mean, I feel like that I, I feel like the, the the Lord or goddess or whoever's out there would pick a different vessel maybe, <laughs> but I was still like, but it was funny because my husband was like, I mean, we're here, right? Like I'm, I'm surrounded by people who are talking about demons and ghosts and all sorts of stuff. And this guy says he's an earth angel and you're like, you're, he's the crazy one. I'm like, like you're right I was like you're so right I um but so I always think of that guy like wherever he is now I'm like 
maybe he is out just like saving people left and right, like catching cats falling out of trees and stuff. Who knows? But like, um, bless him wherever he is on his journey. But anyway, it was it was kind of funny. And I do I tell people I'm like, you can just after you've been part of this for a while, or if you are a person who's had your own paranormal experience, you can generally tell when somebody is just full of business or or if they've gone down the you know the conspiracy rabbit hole. I have another funny story about that. I was talking to somebody recently who is like a recent flat earther convert and he's not like committed yet to anything but he's like starting to question like why we don't just fly off the planet or like why people at the equator um, you know don't have different gravity than people at the North Pole and all this kind of stuff and um, he so I I just googled like flat earth stuff like the, there's like the flat earth society and so there's a group of flat earth people who don't conform to like the flat earth society standards because they think that the flat earth society is populated by people from the government who are there to make flat earthers look stupid so you had said something a few minutes ago about like conspiracies like built on top of other conspiracies and i'm like that's when it starts to get crazy because then anybody who's good at like gaslighting people could just start to just tell another just tell another story right it's like just adding a piece of to to the narrative to like course correct wherever you want to go with something so oh my god uh Yes. Yes. And, and, and what you just said about like somebody who is like really good at gaslighting, I think also gets into something you said at the top where you're talking about like, or you work about your work is about trauma. Right. And like, again, my background, my interests have always been trauma and trauma and how that affects people. Right. And like, I, if, if you, even if you, like, if you've had a weird experience, chances are that's, that was also traumatic for you. Not even talking about whatever trauma you had in your background before that, right? And, or after that. And so you are, I think, a little more susceptible to manipulators, bad actors who come in and decide, oh, hey, here's a group of people that I can bend to my will and I can be the little God in this community because I've got the real information. I have a real secret about the way that the world works. And, and again, like it's been a pandemic for two years, again, aside from people's personal trauma, like the social trauma right now of Mm -hmm. pandemic plus government, everything that's happening in the government and has been for the past several years, like they want answers and they want to feel like they're part of something. And so you, you, again, any bad actors in this community can just seduce people into believing like cult-like beliefs yeah it's and I and like people who believe that stuff aren't necessarily stupid like they're a lot of smart people or a lot of thoughtful people people who are like I feel like they tend to be like contrarians like they tend to be like they're they're out there looking for the I don't know flavor of the day like what can I who are we you know what am I against today right but like um but also just kind of like um yeah people who I don't know how to describe it yeah like people who are looking for that uh 
freedom, right? And I feel like, so freedom is this like, freedom is like a four letter word, right? Cause it's used by like, it's used by the far right but it's also used by the far left as this kind of like nebulous sort of like buzzword. Like I wanna be freed from like the, from society, you know, telling me how to live and lies and everything. And I'm like, who cares if the earth is flat or not? Like what lie does that even, like thank you exactly. equate to that it would even if like don't fall off the edge like <laughs> careful when you careful if you go to careful if you go to Antarctica like don't don't fall off the edge but like what lie um I'm sure that like the government is lying to us about a lot of very serious things and that of there's course. you know like yes. it's uh and that people are placed here to distract us. I think we can all agree without sounding crazy on that to some to some small degree or, or bigger degree even, but like, but yeah, I just don't, I wouldn't wake up in the morning with um, with that kind of passion in my in my heart, I don't think, you know? <laughs> I do. Well, well, again, talking about government conspiracies and I love what you said about like, well, who cares if the world is flat or not? Like, yeah. like, it, okay, because again, I also think the government is lying to us about all sorts of things, but I will never know what those things are, right? Mm -hmm. I don't work for the government. I don't know anybody working at higher levels of government. I don't know. And it, it's, if I, like, how how can, the, the idea that, again, there are these grand conspiratorial narratives, but somehow an organized group of people on Facebook, like they can crack the code and they've got all the secrets. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Ghost hunters, right. Have the secrets to like God and life and death and the afterlife. And I'm like, no, you guys are missing the point, but I agree with you. Like we can still live fulfilling lives if we are living in the matrix, right? Like that's great. Like I'm still going to go to work from nine to five and enjoy my life. And I have, you know, I'm grateful for what I have. And like, I still have the right to pursue, pursue happiness and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, um, yeah, people get really lost in that. They get so lost. And I, I used to think, I used to think that conspiracies were fun. I used to have fun with like conspiracy theories mm -hmm. in this way where it's just, let's examine, um, let's have a look at how people's minds work. Like you have like with the sociology background, like isn't it fascinating that people think that we didn't land on the moon or something like that? Um, and if it was like innocent fun to kind of like go down those rabbit holes and talk and think about it. And now, uh, like, as we've been saying, you know, it's just um, now we've seen, I think in the last couple of years, how it's led to some really dark and dangerous thinking on all sides of the political spectrum too. Like, bless my younger friends, my like super, I don't know, like woke friends, I guess. I don't know like what word I would use for them, but like young people who are struggling to grow up in this world and like don't feel like they deserve to be happy because there's all of this suffering that we're aware of all the time and so heavy to like find your way in that. So it's like, I understand that too. I think it's very like human to have to like navigate these things, um, but I feel like we can do it without, uh, without, um, yeah, making, I gosh, it, I don't want to say, like, I'm about to, like, say crazy things. So I was, like, 
it's like natural to make an enemy of like the government or something right because like every that's like easy right it's like low-hanging fruit but um now everybody's everybody's enemy is everybody right um yes i mean and i i i feel like again because of the pandemic and people being isolated and 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 again feeling a sense of mistrust with like like again i feel like at this point in the pandemic everyone almost everyone i know has finally gotten it after even the most vigilant people after two and a half years are finally getting sick and and again the rates are really high and there are no government mandates so again that feeling of like oh nobody's going to take care of us. Right. And I think that sense of loss about that, for lack of a better word, is, is I think driving a lot of more conspiratorial lines of thinking, if not specific conspiracies of just like, okay, well, who's actually protecting us? Like who cares about us? Um, you know, who, who is, who are the bad actors here? I think people are right. kind of looking for answers and looking for answers in lots of different places. And then again, unfortunately, finding a, you know, a subreddit or a forum online where it, like you, anybody that you want to decide is your enemy or society's enemy, you can find an entire community of people online right. who will support that, yeah. That's like layer, yeah, like layer upon layer. And I find, oh my gosh, sorry. I'm like, now like I'm going down the rabbit hole of this. Sure. But like, <laughs> things that are like contradictory too, like this idea of um, like, we'll have one new story where uh, we all start to have good discussions about like mental health and certain things like that. And then the next new story will come and we'll sort of like redact everything we've said because now we're just going after the bad guy again, or like um, my recent fast, I had this recent fascination with Karen's (laughs) I've been watching a lot of Karen videos um, because Facebook watch, I like fall asleep at night with Facebook watch. So that just tells you a little bit about me, but um, yeah, I just watch whatever they give me, which used to be Dr. Pimple Popper videos. Now it's like Karen videos. So I'm watching like all of these women screaming at people. And I'm like, I feel like there's like I feel like there's a feminist movement waiting to happen here because I'm like, these women aren't all like completely insane. And if they are, there's probably a reason how they got to be that way. And like, not all of them are, are probably terrible people. I worked in customer service for a long time and I had people be very rude to me. And usually I assumed that, um, that, you know, that they were having, there's probably a series of dreadful things that happened in order for them to come in and just and like unleash on me or whoever it was other poor kid behind the register but um I feel like we try to have all these great discussions about like mental health and understanding and even understanding like negative you know like negative uh people who attack like that also have their own mental health issues and trauma that they've experienced and we it's reasons not excuses right we don't have to condone the behavior but we can at least like protect like we can at least, I don't know. It's like sending this message that uh, it's sending more of a message that it's okay to just film somebody whenever they upset you than it is that like people should stop screaming at each other in a way. I don't know, maybe it's because I've watched too many of them but it all seems kind of gross. Like 
Yeah. If I was already a little on edge and you got a camera out and started filming me, I would feel very violated and it would probably escalate me if I was a Karen Lee person to that Karen level, like threat level midnight. Right. Yeah. So I'm just like, none of this is good. Like, do we see this right? That like, none of this is good and it's not entertaining. Um, my biggest example of that is like that lady yelling at the cat meme. If you have five minutes, if you didn't know, like whoever didn't know already, if you have five minutes of your life, go Google the origin story of the lady yelling at the cat meme. Um, and there's a great podcast episode. I forget what the podcast was called, but she did a whole interview about it too. And she's extremely good natured about the whole thing, but it just kind of, it goes to show like, yeah, even when we, yeah, just there's always more to the story. Well, and that, and it's like, again, I also worked, I worked retail um, for many years and a lot of people were really just wonderful. And, and every once in a while you got somebody who came in and, and especially to working at a mall and like for the out of towners and seeing them come in with kids and just the exhaustion on their faces, you know, you never know when you're catching somebody at the worst moment of their lives. Uh, yeah, the crapping on people in public with their kids thing. I've, I'm, you know, I'm not a kid person myself, but you got to empathize with somebody whose kid is having a mental meltdown in front of you in a store. Like you can't break down their entire parenting scheme and everything that they are as a person based on that two minute interaction. You know, I feel for parents. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, and I think it goes back to this idea that like, again, if you, if you're approaching things from uh, a data collection standpoint and from a, a human standpoint, you want the entire story and not just the kind of memeable content that is going right. to be uh, recorded and then put online. Um, because, because I do think it's important that like, we have these like broader conversations about like, okay, so why is it, uh, typically a certain type of Karen, like the Karen has a certain stereotype, right? Typically same like class background, racial background, yeah. like that kind of thing. So it's again, important to interrogate like whatever racial privilege or social privilege from that standpoint. And also thinking about like, hey, it's been at least two years of just constant stress, a nonstop news cycle, you know, again, watching institutions fail before our very eyes social relationships crumbling, like we're all pretty on edge. Like, I feel like every time I go to the store and somebody annoys me, like I could snap and be that person who gets right. recorded, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say that like you either snap, cause that's a good point about like the, the privilege end. Like you either snap and become that person who gets filmed or you're above it. You don't snap in public, but you go drag somebody on social media. And that's not okay, you know. And that is that's a, um, to and that's not okay either. But we've made that okay, whereas like these other things aren't. When they're all to me, they're all like different forms of like the same, like social illness that we have. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. I'm like no, but it, it's again, it's that it's that on that broader understanding, you know, similar to I think how you and I are both looking at like paranormal phenomena where it's like, okay, there's a human aspect, there's a physical aspect, you know, there are all these different aspects to it. And, and like what you're talking about with this news cycle, it's like, or the way the news cycle works right now, it's like, one thing gets highlighted, and then a, 
and again, it's like, there's been nonstop like breaking news stories, if you like for the past several years. And then that just gets forgotten and we just focus on this new thing. And it's yeah. like, okay, here's the thing that's gotten everybody's attention. What is going on with this? And there's only so much time to process it and look at it before, again, the 24-hour news cycle is putting something else in front of all of our faces. And then that's the new thing. And I, it's really hard now because like we live in a time of, you know, Facebook watch or TikTok content where it's, it's like the, the quick, um, analysis, the immediate hot take, and then moving on as opposed to like good research, which takes time, which takes investment, which takes resources, like, and, and really deliberate, slow thinking to say like, okay, well, this happened, but I also did some digging and I noticed this aspect of it. So it's not just the like quick hot take it's done. What's next. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that people, I, I agree with you so much. And I wish that people would apply some of that thinking just to their lives. Like just that sort of like, um, not just how I feel about this one particular incident, but how it plays into a bigger pattern of like what I'm seeing around me. And like, if this one thing challenged my thinking, does this challenge my thinking again? Like I change my opinions about things every six months, like, um, or I try to grow or something, you know, I try yeah. to, um, I try to develop my thinking and listen and learn and all that kind of stuff. And I always, I assume perhaps incorrectly that other people do that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, but I, but yeah, I, um, we're at an interesting time now because we're coming into the post COVID world, which I, Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where we have the opportunity now to start applying all these things that we were supposed to have learned. And I, um, I don't know, like I lost my job during COVID also. So I was also like keeping a close eye on this whole, like how companies and non, I work in nonprofits, like mm -hmm. how nonprofit organizations were reshaping their thinking around, like, you know, the employee work-life balance and just all these things and um, how quickly we have reverted back to some of our old ways. I'm like, oh my God. And that's like how you see these like apocalypse shows or whatever, where you're like, um, how do people just go right back to who they, to like how they were before? Like, that's so unrealistic. Like if we lived through a worldwide pandemic, like it wouldn't be like this at all. And I'm like, oh my, now we're like, oh my God all these people who used to talk about what weapon they were going to use to kill the zombies during the zombie apocalypse and they didn't even want to wear a freaking mask right and then like the world yes exactly I saw something recently I can't remember what it was of course but it was just like um you know people living in like the post-apocalyptic utopia where or whatever where they kind of just go back to living like humans did before and you think to yourself like no I would fundamentally change as a person and it's like now we have now we just have a whole bunch of people out there who don't think viruses are real like that's basically all that we've gotten <laughs> oh my god but I do feel like um I do feel like younger people are going to like grow up with a much more well-rounded idea of how things could be. Maybe I'm being like super hopeful and optimistic, but I, I feel like young observers of like the Gen Z generation or whatever who are growing up with computers. So they weren't 
brought into the world of social media the way we were um, we'll be observing or taking notes right on everything that we're all doing right now <laughs> yes but yeah I just yeah I don't know what to say I feel like I've changed a lot but then I'm like well great Amelia who, who effing cares but like I was like I just some of us have done a lot of homework so I <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And I, again, I feel like I, I oh, again, I just, I love this so much because this is, this is my kind of sensibility too, because like, I, I feel like I'm always growing and shifting and learning new things and changing my approach. And, and because I have this, uh, this engine in me, that's like, oh, I don't have, again, I don't think there's anything like perfect knowledge but I'm aware of the imperfections in my knowledge. And so I'm always looking to like, okay, here's a book I can read. Here's an article I can read. Here's a person I can talk to, to help broaden my perspective about things. And, and especially with the pandemic, it's been really chilling to see how many people have absolutely no interest in hearing voices and opinions that are different than what they have already decided is true. And that is only dangerous and limiting, right. period. Yeah. Not taking entire populations of people seriously as far as their life experiences and thinking yes. that everybody's just out to make you feel bad right like oh I can't I don't want to feel bad about myself and uh what about me that kind of like what about me attitude and I'm like well if you my take on that is like if you are somebody who has experienced hardship of whatever level then you should be able to empathize even more with other people who are also experiencing hardship it's not you or me it can be both like um yeah and and bring that bring that back you know circling back to the the paranormal stuff too like I have, I've, I've looked out at society and I've seen society, man. And I've seen that, like, uh, the way that people are not believed. And I've thought to myself, like, we have that problem so much in our own communities, just within just people who are willing to believe that all this, the ghosts and demons are real, but they're not willing to hear, they're not willing to hear each other's stories or something can only be, um, can only be so true. Um, and so I, you know, make it my job as a storyteller and I try to weave in some of these themes um so it's like yay ghost stories are cool and they're fun and and here's my TED talk about it right but like um but just validating like people's experiences like I don't know if you saw a bright light that came down to your car and took you into UFO I've never had that happen to me but I have seen a ghost so I can when people tell me they've seen a ghost I can identify with that yes. but it's not my job to say if you had a seizure or if you were dreaming or if you were connect reconnecting with childhood trauma like god forbid if that is what was happening yes. or all of the above like it's incredible that you have this memory of it. It's incredible that this is how your brain translated the activity. It's incredible that you had a full 4D sensory experience of being abducted. Like it doesn't matter if it's, it's, it's real, right? So it's real and it's important for people to know that it's real. And I, and I feel like, again, like the paranormal should be a, a safe space, right? For that kind of stuff. Like thinking back to like my earth angel friend who is like basically a creepy old man, not very appropriate, probably like a very lonely person mm. told me these, all these weird stories about all these people he helped. 
exact same stories every time he told me, not em embellished any details or anything. Every time I would see him, every year I saw him, I was like, oh God, it's this guy again. Oh God, look busy, you know, like, oh, hello, mom. Yes. Like, um, but, you know, with that, you know, like entertaining creepy old men is one thing, but like, but being there for somebody to talk about their experiences is an important part of what we do, right? So I'm like trying, you know, striking that balance, you know, but, yes. and making it so that other people can talk about um, things that have happened to them and share them, even if they're just cool stories, you know, like, yes. So, yes. And again, it's that I, okay. It's like, okay. Are, is your approach to the paranormal human centric, human focused, empathic? Do you care about people? Are you just trying to extract stories like to cash in? Cause I, there's a lot of that in all of the paranormal fields, but if you yeah. really care about people who are having these experiences, again, I think you bring up this great point. It's like, if it is some like unlocking some early trauma, like imagine to suddenly have that rush forward. Like that's also a traumatic experience to have all of that suddenly get unlocked and rush forward. And your brain is trying to like piece it together and make sense of it. Right. So just listening to people and the value in allowing people to tell their stories in the way that they tell their stories. I'm thinking of two things specifically. One, I have a, a therapist friend who does a lot of work with narrative therapy and this idea that like the stories that you tell about your own life are very important. And you can also learn to retell those stories in a way that is more beneficial to you, as opposed to just taking other people's narratives about what this particular experience means. And then two, just again, my background, sociology, women's studies, and this idea that like, again, that women and gender studies, feminist informed research is qualitative research, right? Sure. We can run the numbers and collect all sorts of data, but what are people actually saying? Like the, those stories about their lived experiences are so important to actually get to the root of things. You can't just run numbers, right? You have to look at both of these things together to get a clearer picture of what's going on in literally any field. Like, and, and if it's that way for academic fields, like why can't it be that way for paranormal fields? Right. Like right. we have these systems, we have these academic systems, just, you just take them, just borrow them, <laughs> use them for paranormal stuff. It's right. cool. I, I think, I, I do think it's because a certain type of person has been um, unofficially in charge of the paranormal community for maybe the last 20 years. Cause I know that like, there was really cool stuff going on like a while ago. And then when, when we started to see this like pop culture phenomenon, phenomena, whatever, like popping up um, the, uh, the the way in which we are allowed to like look at it became like really narrow um and really focused and really focused on helping people and finding the truth <laughs> which <laughs> does not feel like any of what has happened i know that and i do personally know a lot of investigators that have gone to people's houses and helped them feel like oh it's just a ghost, right? Everything's okay. I don't need to move. Or maybe I do need to move, right? Or like, hey, well, well, you know, let's bless this place. And, uh, and then, yeah, everything stopped after that. Like, obviously there are a lot of cases where that happens, but I think um, like our relationships to like that uh, 
the, our bigger relationships to the paranormal or the spirit world or um, and how we interpret experiences are all really important. And there has not been, there hasn't been a whole lot of room in that discussion for that. And another thing I'm fascinated by is like what it's like to be a ghost or a spirit, because the idea that ghosts exist, if that, that proves that there's an afterlife or a God to me does not line up because it doesn't sound like any fun to be a ghost. It doesn't, it sounds weird. It sounds scary. It sounds like oh, I'm somebody's, my grandmother's my guardian angel now. Well, did she choose to do that? Like, does she, I smell her perfume every Christmas. Like, well, what is she doing the rest of the time? And why, you know, is she, you know what I mean? Is it yes. like, uh, like dairy cows or something that are like locked in a cage and they're only, this is what they produce. So it's like, what, that sounds horrifying. I don't want that. I, I don't want that yeah. um, for myself. I don't want to think about, like, I think about like, uh, you know, I have like family trauma and I'm like, I, there are certain people I've heard stories. Oh my God. Okay. So I just read this interesting story the other day of somebody, it was like, it was one of those Reddit, like, tell us your cool, like nurses of Reddit, tell us your like hospital story where a patient was dying. And there was this woman who was surrounded by her nurses and there was no other family there to be with her. So they were holding her hand in her final moments. And she said, oh, it's, it's my husband, Paul in the corner or something like that. And they were like, it's okay, Mary, go to Paul. And she was like, no, I hate Paul. <laughs> and, you know, and like, oh I, it gave me goosebumps. I have goosebumps like under my coat right now. Cause I was like, we don't think about that. You know, we only think about this beautiful, like my husband and I are going to become little energy bubbles and we're going to fly off into the universe together and go like see the pyramids of ancient Egypt or something like that's like my vision. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so I don't know, like it just yeah. doesn't, uh, it's unlocking that and, and changing our relationships towards how we, how we, how's we, how we speak to spirits when we're investigating with them or like how we try to communicate with them instead of treating them like they're Disney characters who are there to entertain us and prove, prove something about what we think is true. Like, um, I don't feel, I don't think it works. I don't think it works that way at all. <laughs> I think we're in for a big freaking surprise. Um, and even if we did look at things strictly according to uh, the, the Bible or Judeo-Christian, you know, biblical knowledge, like that's not how the spirit world works. Um, and it's nothing to be trifled with. So it's just, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like those that's why storytelling is so important. That's it. That was, that's my whole thing. I can, uh, whew, jacket comes off. Like, but no, like, that's just, yes, that's the, it's like, it's the cool part, right? That's the fun part is like, we're supposed to ask questions. We're not really supposed to know. I don't really want to know. I don't want to know if I don't want to find the truth. I'm scared of the truth. I, you know? well, and, and also, I mean, I, I, I feel like I argue this all the time. It's like, ultimately what is truth in regards to this because if we think that we're dealing with something otherworldly anything that we come up with we came up with with our brains in the language that we invented to explain this thing that exists outside of our comprehension yes. anything we talk about is automatically going to be limited by the parameters that we're able to use to describe any of it yes <laughs> put that on a billboard <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah. like it's that it's like these are fun 
questions to ask and, and, and explorations to have. But ultimately, like if you get wrapped up thinking about like, I'm going to find the truth, you're, you're going to torture yourself. Like, yeah. I think you're missing the point. Like, yeah, I, I remember once like reading just over someone's shoulder on the bus, he was reading a book about the Tao. And it was like, and there's just a little excerpt and it said, um, there can be no meaning to life because that would mean there is something more important than life. And I think about that all the time. Like we're constantly searching for meanings and explanations and we're missing the point of being in the moment right now, having, you know, the, the exploration is more important than what you're going to find. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I mean, I agree with that. Cause like I've dedicated my life to thinking about like dead people, but I'm not obsessed with death. I'm not interested in knowing what happens to me after I die. I am afraid of dying, but, and I've confronted this, like I'm a cancer survivor and I've other stuff and like, um, but, it, but none of that shaped my, none of that shaped me, you know, in the way that I'm excited about the paranormal. I just think it makes the world such an, an interesting and exciting place. And it's, it's a, it used to be, or it, I mean, it still is, but it's like a safe way to explore um, dangers and fears and things like that, um, which I think is totally normal and, and human and, and cool, you know? Um, and so I think like, yeah, but, and not inflating it, not inflating it too much. Like we, there's so much we can do with it that I think has a lot of meaning, um, without having to conflate it into something where it's like, uh, I have all the answers. And I think that's where people go. And I don't, and I wish that they wouldn't, obviously, I wish they wouldn't do that because it's, it ruins everybody's fun. Right. Yes. But it also, um, yeah, I think that leads, it leads down those roads to some of that more dangerous thinking. You absolutely. Know? absolutely. I, and, and again, I don't know what there is in my upbringing that makes me very comfortable with ambiguity. You know, I, like, again, if I don't know, that's fine. I, I don't, I don't care. Some people have to know they need answers. They need that structure. I'm just like, whatever, like, does it have an impact on my life or not? Like, that's really the barometer for how much attention I'm going to give something or not even attention, how much like emotional investment I'm going to give something like, does this have a direct yeah. impact on my day to day? Otherwise it should be just like a fun exploration. Right. Um, and I, it gets, it, I, I just feel like as, as like in the UFO community and in, in a lot of these kind of fringe fields, it's so wild because it's like, again, we're dealing with like UFOs and Bigfoot and ghosts and people really believe that they ha have hard answers or can find hard answers. I'm like, missing the right. point. And like, and like smash smash people that aren't that aren't right they're not as right as me or like this person sounds crazy like I'm gonna make fun of this person but also this is how I feel and it's still I you know it just doesn't I don't know it doesn't make sense to me like but yes I um people use I this was I was about to launch into my whole thing about about Giorgio from ancient aliens but oh, like because yes. people are always making fun of him and I'm just like and it's I've just reminded me of what you were saying where it's just like you know, Giorgio is saying the same things that we that you know he has a voice is it because he's on television is that why we make fun of Zach people who have um 
people who know them might know them in a different way and they might have different uh, experiences that may maybe validate why these people are, you know, TV celebrities versus whatever else they might be. I think that's vague enough. I don't want to insult them because I, I, um, I had a moment. So my husband watches ancient aliens, but it's more like for, it's more for fun. Yeah. And I was like, I was watching Giorgio rant and rave. And then I heard a podcast where they were making fun of Giorgio and his hair, which I thought was super inappropriate. And they were making fun of how he talked, which I also thought was super inappropriate because I'm just like, he's Swiss. So he doesn't pronounce every word like perfectly. Right. I'm like, so yeah. And I was like, let's, let's leave that kind of stuff out of the matter. But like, um, and like, sure, some of these things you can Google and it's like, those things aren't true. And yes, he's getting paid to be on TV and talk about it and blah, blah. But um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. During the pandemic, I said, I decided I was going to go check on Giorgio because my husband was watching Ancient Aliens. And I was like, I wonder where Giorgio falls in all of this, right? In this whole big like pandemic discussion. So I went to visit Giorgio on Twitter and his like pinned tweet or I don't know if it was pinned but it was whatever was at the top of the page was all about how like kindness matters and the most important thing is that we wear our masks and wash our hands and look out for each other and this whole thing and he was just absolutely eaten alive by his own constituency he was saying like my father is a surgeon he wore a mask like 20 hours a day. Yes. Um, hygiene was always a big deal in our family. Just like little things that, you know, little Twitter bits and pieces. And it was like thousands of comments of like them just like carrying him off like ants with the picnic basket. And I just, I was like, you know, I still have no idea where I'm going with the story, but just like, you know, the A1, he's human too. Yeah. He, you know, these people aren't all bad. They're not all bad. They're not all good. Um, some of the stuff that he spews isn't any crazier than some of the other stuff crazier or like, you know, even if you, you can fact, there are certain things that you can fact check. I get it. But like, um, you know, people are out there doing their best and he was trying to lend a helping hand. <laughs> he was trying to be a voice of reason in this one issue, you know, people have other interests and things they care about too. You know, it's just, uh, still have no idea where I'm going with this little anecdote, but just thinking in terms of like how we, we see the other, right? And it's easy, what we do in the paranormal community is we make fun of people on television, but then do everything we can in our power to emulate the way they do things. All the people I know that hate Zach the most are the people who dress like him, have all the equipment they use on ghost adventures and would cut their own mother's throat to be on freaking television. Like it's, mm -hmm. and we talked about this at the beginning of the, sh of the show is that like entertainment for, for entertainment purposes, is a whole different ball game. Yes. And it, you know, ancient aliens is popular because it's good television and that is a talent and that is its own thing. And, you know, ghost adventures is popular because these people have a tremendous amount of talent and you have to respect it. Even if it stays in this box that it's in, you've got to respect it. And if you don't like it, you know, it's like people who people don't like something, but they can't stop talking about it. Right. And like, uh, yes. it's just, those have been my observations over the years, like the most vitriolic people and the people who are always shouting about paranor para unity are the ones who are always getting into fights. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. 
I'm just going all over the place. <laughs> I I love I love this though because it is it is that because this is how again I I think if you're really paying attention to the paranormal community, you're thinking about all of these different pieces, right? There's like a holistic sensibility to it. And I think it's also like, I think it's very important what you brought up, like television is television. It's edited. Of course, they're going to see multiple things every time they go out because it's TV. Like if you don't think, if you think any of that is real or most of that is real, no, it's television. And I mean, these investigations take place over the course of multiple days, at least. Mm -hmm. So if they're gleaning evidence, evidence, um, it's from a lot. It's not just from that six hour lockdown or something like that. It's, it's, you know, um, yeah, it's like from over the long course of time using technology, I'm sure that could make a fart sound like a voice, you know? So it's like, oh, I got all these great EVPs. Well, you know, um, yeah, but, but yeah, like I think, yeah, some, a lot of the paranormal shows I think do have some level of integrity, at least with the actual like evidence, evidence that they capture. And then it's just kind of like how they weave, how they weave it together in the background that where it becomes like, um, I was on, um, sorry, I know our time is running out, but like okay. I was on the an episode of Hometown Horror about Baraboo, Wisconsin and it, on travel. And it was so fun. It was so cool. Yes. Baraboo is the coolest town and it is quite haunted. And individually, all of the stories that were told on the show were, were very compelling. And then they wove it in the background. And again, these are master storytellers who work in TV for a reason. And I respect that, but uh, they wove this whole narrative together in the background about how like the native American spirits resting underneath of the town were um, angry and you know, that old, that whole, that's a whole other hour um, for us to, for, to talk about that. And I was a little like, I was like, Oh, geez, Louise, I don't know. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, it's like we could have just had a town full of really crazy weird stuff that that happened, but they want to they want to create the story arc for TV. And so but if you know, if we approached if when you sit there at home and you watch the TV show and you think to yourself, I got my popcorn, I'm here, I'm with the I'm with the guys out at Skinwalker Ranch because I just watched that show. you know, there's a story arc because this is a television show that's been packaged into a 42 minute experience. Mm -hmm. I can, I must remember that and then parse out the rest and enjoy it for what it is. And then do my own, you know, I don't want to say the words, do your own research, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, look some Google, some stuff afterwards and then like get into whatever it is I'm going to get into. I'm like, that's, you know, Yes. You know, grain of salt, right? Grain of salt for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this idea of using it as a, a starting point, right? A jumping off point for your own. Again, I I love doing research and I hate the way that freight, what I know is turning into (laughs) crazy, crazy. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, like, yeah. Inspiring people to get excited and wonder is a great thing to do, you know? Is it misguided and some, you know, are some of these people a little douchey, like probably, but that's just how it is, like, (laughs) you know, so yeah, but 
Yeah. Before I let you go, uh, where can people find you and your work? For sure. So I'm um, easily available on social. You can find me at ameliacotter.com and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I have a YouTube channel, but it's more like a collection of interviews and shows and stuff that I've done. And I have some original storytelling content um, on there as well with my snakes, if you're interested in that. Um, And yeah, and I, my email is out there, you know, if people ever want to email me or tell me their stories or have questions or whatever, I enjoy hearing from people and I like to connect. Um, I need more followers on Insta though. So if you can, if you're out there and you are on Insta, Amelia M. Cotter. So, but, uh, but yeah, I love hearing from people um, and keeping the conversation going and learning myself, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and or watching. I'm gonna link Amelia's website down below. And uh, I'm also gonna link to The Feminine Macabre. You can read pieces by the both of us. Um, If you're interested in following Personal Pans, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Personal Pans. And I am forever on Twitter at Kali Butterfly. Um, Again, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And I hope you have a playful and curious day.